that seemed like a perfect job. However, I later realized that's not something I want to do for the rest of my life. My phone ringing literally 24-7. Copywriter's main goal is to persuade and sell. Direct response copywriting means writing in a way that resonates with your audience and compels readers to take action by the end of the reading. I post only two times per week and I have an insane engagement. Share your best tips. Don't be afraid to share your best tips because it will only prove your expertise. Why that will convert is because people will see you as a trusted advisor. Welcome to Coffee with Romina. This is your host, Romina Muhammadai, award-winning leader, negotiation and sales expert, and your new favorite podcaster. Each week, we bring you inspiring stories from extraordinary people of diverse industries, sharing practical advice and tips on how to overcome career and personal obstacles, define your own success, and take charge of your own destination. Thank you for spending time with us today. Now let the show begin. people and thank you for tuning in to coffee with Ramina podcast I hope you guys are having a fabulous Tuesday or whatever day of the week it is that you are listening to our show thank you so much for spending some time with us today and I just want to quickly remind you guys if you are brand new to the show don't forget to hit that subscribe button so this way you do not miss any of our future episodes and to you my loyal listeners thank you so much again for trusting me with your time If you guys are listening from Apple Podcast, I just want to quickly remind you to also give us a five-star review and a short comment. Tell us how amazing we are doing. And it seems like a lot of you guys actually recently have written a lot of reviews on our show. I actually want to give a shout out to Moses today, and he writes, such a fan of this podcast. I'm so glad I stumbled upon Romino's show. She's a talented host and she brings on some really fantastic guests with inspiring stories. No matter what your career path you might be, this show is a must listen. Thank you, Moses. That's exactly what we try to do here. We try to bring guests from diverse industries to definitely give us tips and tricks on how to overcome career and personal obstacles. Because at the end of the day, no matter how much we try to separate those two, they're very tangled together, I would say. <laughs> Well, you guys, I'm actually excited about today's episode as well. So, so far since this new season started, we talked about emotion intelligence. We talked about leveraging sales experience in order to build a business. And now we're going to talk about copywriting, which is very, very essential when it comes to running a business or when it comes to highlighting your expertise and coming across as the expert of your field. Super duper important. And for today's guest, we have Dina Chalakovich. Dina, thank you so, so much for being a part of Coffee with Romina podcast. I really appreciate you spending some time with me on the show. And you guys, as you heard on the beginning of the show, she left a very high demanding job to start doing what she actually loves the most. And her tips on copywriting and actually on how to be on fire. Yes, she's on fire fire when it comes to her LinkedIn game and her engagement. This lady is a must follow, you guys. Dina's information are attached on the show notes, so go ahead and connect with her. Look at the information that she posts and look at the knowledge that she's dropping on LinkedIn. It's bananas and it's amazing. No wonder why this lady is doing really, really great on her business and she knows 
She knows copywriting like no other person I've met in my life, okay? Let's just say that out there. So in today's episode, not only are you going to learn about copywriting and how to be on fire on your LinkedIn game, we're also going to talk about my business owners out there, how you would be able to use copywriting when it comes to landing pages, when it comes to marketing. And actually, my students out there, if you are looking to build your resume and your cover letter, These skills that we're going to talk about in this episode are absolutely very beneficial to you as well. Dina, thank you so much again for being a part of Coffee with Romina podcast. You guys, I want you to definitely enjoy the rest of the show. So I have nothing else to say, but enjoy. Hey, Dina, how are you doing today? Hey, awesome. It's a beautiful day in Croatia. How are you? I'm great. I'm blessed. I mean, this interview, you guys, to my loyal listeners, me and Dina are kind of neighbors because I'm Albanian originally and she's Croatian. But right now we're kind of like two opposite sides of the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But um, I'm excited about today's episode. We're actually going to touch topic on copywriting, an episode that we have not done before. Not a lot of people are actually clear on what copywriting is, what are big do's, big don'ts, and the whole world of copywriting. So before we get started, I actually want to pass on the mic to you, Dina. Tell us how did you go about having the career that you have right now, and then we'll dive into the juicy questions. So I studied at the Faculty of Economics and Business in Zagreb. And while I was still in college, I started my own company organizing global events for the USA and UK-based clients. Uh, At that time, that seemed like a perfect match for me because I'm an organizational freak. So that seemed like a perfect job. However, I later realized that that's not something I want to do for the rest of my life. My phone ringing literally. 24-7 was not how I imagined my ideal career. So I just decided to come back to my true self. And my true self is definitely copywriting. So that's how I started. Nice. And I mean, you were organizing global events, so you pretty much didn't have a slipping schedule either. You're like every world time zone or (laughs) how was that working? (laughs) Yes, it was it was quite challenging because for one client, I was responsible 24 seven. So I wasn't allowed to ever put my phone on mute. Even during the night, I had to be available all the time because if something happened at 3 a.m., I would have to wake up and just solve the problem. So that was very stressful. (laughs) After that, I decided, okay, it's a no-no. I I can't do this anymore, especially not for, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years. I don't know how these people, event managers, are still alive who do it for a long period of time. Shout out to these guys. (laughs) My my best wishes and moral support goes goes, uh, your way because that's, that's extremely difficult. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that I started with copywriting. Yeah, and now let's actually clarify a little bit what is copywriting exactly and what uh, what is that industry like? Okay, good question because a lot of people don't know what copywriting is. Copywriters' main goal is to persuade and sell. So direct response copywriting means writing in a way that resonates with your audience and compels readers to take action by the end of the reading. What does taking action mean? So it means either buying your product or service, for example, downloading something, contacting you, scheduling a free consultation call, you name it. Mm -hmm. It depends on your product or service and on your target market. That's what copywriting is in a nutshell. 
Yeah. And then you work with clients of different industries. What is the process behind you? For example, if you have somebody from oil industry and then you have somebody from chocolate industry, right? Like Mm -hmm. what is your research process before you even start writing? How much research takes time in it? And then is there a certain strategy that you follow to Mm -hmm. make sure that you know, like point on the target audience and you learn a lot more than maybe what the client can provide you? Because I know sometimes clients are very vague. They're like, I need this to be done by this day. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So extensive research is crucial. Mm -hmm. You need to do a lot of research. And that's the greatest part of the process, I should say. So writing is the easiest part. A profound questioner is key for delivering results. So you need to have a good questioner, a very good and profound questioner that you'll send out to your clients. They need to fill out that's the key for delivering results. My clients usually hate me when I send them the questionnaire because it's a really detailed one and not easy to fill out, but claiming you will have the desired result without it would be a complete lie and a waste of money because nobody knows your business better than you. So if you ever hear a promise that you're going to have desired results without putting a little bit of your effort, don't buy it. It's nonsense. What does that questionnaire include? So it includes questions first about your target market. So about your target market's greatest perceived pains, wants, fears, desires, and so on. Questions about your product or service. I need to get the full understanding of how it works. What's your USP, your value proposition, and so on. Then questions about your competitors and all the possible testimonials that you have. So written testimonials, video testimonials, success stories, awards, anything that can, that can prove your credibility. Those are the main parts. While you are filling out the questionnaire, I'm doing the research on my own. I also need to research your target market and your competitors. I'll also ask you to send me correspondence between you and your clients to where they stated like, why did it choose you over your competitors? What was important to them and so on. Plus, if I consider it necessary, and in most cases I do, I'll ask you to schedule me a couple of short interviews with your either former or current clients so I get all the answers I need. So when I have all the info I need, I start writing. I don't work in a typical way that my price includes only a limited number of rewrites. Instead, I write until both me and the client are completely happy because both mine and their name will stay behind that work. And uh, when the client approves the copy I wrote, it goes to my proofreader for a final review and then it's good to go. That's the process. So the process is quite painful, but it delivers results. That's the most important thing. How long is the process typically? What's the turnaround time frame? Uh, It really depends on the client. So it depends on how quickly you can fill out the questionnaire, how quickly you can provide the information that I need. If you're very busy and then you you just think, oh, I'll just need, you know, a couple of hours, Mm -hmm. that's not going to work that way. So you'll probably need a couple of days of being very focused on that. And then I I can go from there. But most clients don't have a couple of days, let's say. They usually send me all the questionnaire filled out after, let's say, a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then, then, I can, then I can start writing. So it, it depends on the client and, and how much time do you actually have. 
So you focus a lot on LinkedIn um, strategies yeah. and your own LinkedIn profile. I mean, the engagement of it is really high. Would it be some really great big do's and big don'ts whenever it comes to copywriting and information on LinkedIn in order for you to increase engagement and actually be transparent and come authentic to show what you're actually standing for and what your business can help others with as well? I love the fact that you that you mentioned being true self. I think that a lot of people are afraid when they just start posting, they're afraid to be their true selves. But I think that's crucial. The more you can be authentic, the more you attract the right clients and you'll surround yourself with like-minded people. You'll build, let's say, your LinkedIn tribe, which is really great because you'll be filled with like-minded people who are ready to help you always. You will be ready to help them. And that's the thing I really, really love about LinkedIn. So it's not uh, just about generating leads, but about meeting people who eventually become your friends, business partners. They help you. They support you. You can learn a lot from them. So building a community is, I think, the greatest advantage of LinkedIn. When it comes to engagement, the first rule is to have valuable content. So focus on the quality over quantity always. I always say that. A common belief is, oh, I need to post, I don't know, every day on LinkedIn (laughs) or two times per day or whatever. But that's, that's a common mistake. So for example, I post only two times per week and I have an insane engagement. So I have, let's say that I have 4,000 followers at the moment Mm -hmm. and my posts have around 200 to 300 likes. When in comparison, people who have 200 likes mostly have at least 20,000 followers or more, like two times or three times, even more than that. So the key for engagement is quality content. You always need to focus on delivering value, on educating your prospects and on solving problems for people. So when you have valuable content, people will naturally follow you. It's also important that you really engage on the platform. What does that mean? So first of all, when you post and when people comment on your posts, it's very important that that you reply back to all the comments and that you really engage with people because if somebody put aside their time to comment on your post and support you, then of course, these people expect that you're going to take your time to reply back, right? So it's very important to reply to all the comments and it's also important to engage on other people's posts. So it's also important to support that people back and to support their content, to show your expertise and write also meaningful comments. So not just short comments like, I love this. This is great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to LinkedIn, the just following this one tip, will give you amazing results. So just following the tip to focus on the quality, no matter what you do. For example, posting, I said it. So rather post two times per week, three times max, and deliver really high quality content. Then when it comes to commenting, rather comment on a handful of posts and really write big comments, meaningful comments that add value to the post itself and that show your expertise, because that way, you're building a relationship both with the creator of the post and with their audience. Mm-hmm. So it's way better than just commenting on 20 posts saying, oh, great post. 
means nothing. So all, all, all of the people comment like that, right? Stand out with comments, stand out with content. Also, while uh, sending invites to connect, a lot of people use automation tools, for example. Don't do that because it doesn't work on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a relationship-based platform and personalization is key. Instead of sending, I don't know how many invites, like a lunatic or using an automation tool, rather spend one minute on somebody's profile, see why that profile resonates well with you. And while sending that person a request to connect, add a note, say, hey, this and this resonated great with me. That's why I'm connecting. And that's it. Like takes literally two minutes of your time. And it's so much more valuable and uh, it will deliver great results as opposed to just sending a lot of invites. So always focus on the quality, no matter what you do on LinkedIn. Absolutely. And I mean, that's very important. I use Sales Navigator a lot for my business or for my Mm -hmm. clients. And sometimes my clients get frustrated because they're like, why can't you just, you know, connect me with more people? Why can't you just do that? Like, I can put you in an automation system, but you're literally just going to have one more follower. Instead, what you do, for example, on LinkedIn, because it's important to create that relationship, even on the invitation you send, Mm -hmm. if you go to like somebody's profile, see what they post it. And then comment on it, give your, actually, you can comment, see how you like their feedback or how you don't like it. And maybe put your play, yourself in the authority position of sharing your field of expertise as well. And then connecting with them, because guess what? That's going to also be more sparked up for the new connection be like, okay, hold on. She commented or he commented mm-hmm. on my post. Yeah. They're into something. They're not just one more follower that they're going to send me those four or five page, you know, paragraphs on my inbox. Yeah. Because yeah, you, yeah. you do get those left and right nowadays, unfortunately. Yeah. But l- let me ask you this. Whenever you're posting, is there certain keywords or certain strategy towards the sentence structure that you use? Because I remember reading it recently on a book that it says even 10 words sometimes can spark a lot more interest. It's just those 10 keywords to get the engagement even higher. Is there a certain strategy like 10 words per sentence or only like certain limit of words per sentence that you use typically? Not really a number of words, Mm -hmm. but uh, the important thing to keep in mind is that uh, you want your copy, so you you want your post to be eye-appealing. It means that you should write short sentences, use bullet points, and hit space repeatedly because big chunks of text will repel the reader immediately. So when you write a post, write one sentence, then hit space, then another sentence, then again hit space. So space needs to come between each sentence. That's the key. And the first sentence is crucial. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you want to impel the reader to click on see more and keep on reading. Framing your first sentence is basically 70% of your job done if you do it well, because you want people to stop scrolling and read your post, click on see more and read your whole post. And of course, engage with it. A lot of people struggle with framing that first sentence. There are a couple of hacks you can use here. One of them, for example, is you can write a shocking statistic. The other one is you can ask some intriguing question. Mm -hmm. You can, the third one is you can break the common belief, for example. You can always write tips and tricks, valuable tips and tricks that people want to know about. You can also say something controversial that will, (laughs) that will for sure. Yeah, grab the attention for sure. Yeah, these are a couple of hacks that that you can do. So keep in mind that your first sentence is is the crucial sentence. 
and then that you hit space repeatedly. Basically, that's it. Uh, it doesn't matter the quality of the post. Sometimes your post can be very valuable if you have, I don't know, three or four sentences or even two sentences. You can mm-hmm. say a lot. But sometimes my posts are really bigger. I write uh, like a whole PDF on how to write an engaging post, for example. So that's bigger, but that's good because that's what people want to know about. So they will take time to read it. thing you have to keep in mind is just to bring value all the time. And that's how you'll have successful posts. So you didn't mention, for example, maybe mention a, a crazy statistic at the beginning. Is there a yeah. thing as too much statistics sometimes just kills the whole post? Because you definitely don't want to like pull like 500 stats and not give like a, your lesson or how you can apply to the real world. Have, what have you seen with the engagement if you drop like a lot of stats and if you drop, just drop one stat and then analyze it your way on it? So I drop one stat, maybe two or top three, but I basically just write one and then write my comment, the lesson, the point that I'm trying to make. And that's it. Yeah. So stick to the one or let's say two top three statistics. So what is also like the smoothest way you can also drop on a call to action on your post without coming like out very pressury or without coming out very desperate and salesy? Because unfortunately, when it comes to the sales professionals or when it comes to the sales world, that's the one thing that the business world is really missing right now because we're just mm-hmm. come out very desperate. So what's like the yeah. smoothest way you can drop a call to action also in your, in your educational post slash promotional post? Well, I don't like promotional posts on LinkedIn at all. Okay. So I'm a fan of no zero pitching, just deliver value and your audience will come to you and they will, they will reach out. So on LinkedIn, people are kind of allergic to pitching. And you have to be very careful with call to actions as well. I never use, let's say, heavy call to actions. I just ask people, what do you think or drop your thoughts? So it's never, never, let's say, a salesy. So it's not, a, it's never a salesy call to action, but it also depends on the place. So for example, if you're writing sales page or an email sequence, of course, that you're going to have call to actions because mm-hmm. you'll want people to to take some action like to download something to buy your product or service never mind so if it's for example a sales page then uh, you'll have multiple call to action buttons on one sales page because sales pages are usually longer they convert better you'll usually have multiple call to action buttons they they have to be always the same so you have let's say seven call to action buttons but they will be all the same right mm-hmm. So the, the important thing to have in mind is that you first need to explain the problem in a sales page, for example. You need to explain the problem, then give your solution, and then offer a call to action button. So okay. many people do a mistake that on the first slide, there is a call to action button. Wait, like I just landed on that sales page. I have no idea what you're talking about. And you're already telling me to, to click on, to buy something, download, whatever. Of course, I'm not going to do that. You first need to explain to me what you're talking about and what your solution is, and then offer me a call to action button. So that's one to one thing to keep in mind. So for example, if you're writing a call to action button for a website or for a sales page, A common mistake people tend to do is they write in third person instead of in first person. So, for example, if you want your audience to download your free ebook, Mm -hmm. 
your call to action button won't be download your free ebook. It will be download my free ebook. So it's always in first person. It's more personalized that way too. So it feels like it's owned already. Yeah. 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 Everything needs to be customer centric. But yeah, as I said on LinkedIn, you asked me for LinkedIn. I'm not a fan of call to actions that will say, I don't know, shoot me a DM if you want to talk or things like that. I mean, people will see it. People will see that you deliver value, what you do, and they will just shoot you a DM if they think that you are a value provider. That's it. Now, you didn't mention a little bit about the website. So I want to kind of leave LinkedIn for a minute and then go on the website building itself. Besides some of the mistakes that you mentioned on the lending sales page towards, you know, what people make a mistake on the website. What are some Mm -hmm. other mistakes that people do instead of creating the website, for example, informative with a little bit of marketing in it? What would be like the big no-nos for a website and the big yeses that you need to do and be cautious for? As I mentioned before, it's like for the LinkedIn posts, you want your copy to be Mm eye-appealing. Always write short sentences, use bullet points, and repeatedly hit space. Second, you want to write customer-centric copy. A common mistake people tend to do with their websites is that they're talking only about a company in the form of quiz sentences, saying what their company does in detail, what makes their business unique, and so on. The reason why that kind of approach won't get you enough clients lies in the fact that uh, your prospects only care about what's in it for them when they land on your website. So you want to write customer-centric copy, not company-centric copy, not Mm -hmm. talking about a company, but talking uh, about the prospect and talking to the reader. That's called customer-centric copy. A good way to start is to replace all the we and I sentences with you sentences. So everything is about the customer, even the about section. So people think that their about section is about them. It's actually still about the customer. You need to have the customer all the time in your mind because they don't care about you. They don't care about you at all. They just care about, can you solve their problem? That's it. So... Keep that in mind when writing about section as well and keep it in mind to make it more personalized. You will notice that a lot of websites sound the same. So if you remove the logo and the name of the company, you wouldn't even tell the difference, right? So make sure that you make your website more more personalized. You can also use storytelling. Mm -hmm. Storytelling is very powerful. Because people love stories and they're memorable. So, for example, in your about section, you can use stories as well. Another thing to have in mind is to use simple language and avoid heavy business terms because people will only think you're bullshitting them. So write literally like you're writing to your best friend. That's also one common mistake. 95% of people will try to write with heavy business terms using smart words and using words that people don't understand their prospects don't understand and that's that's a big turnoff so don't do that it's very important that you put a lot of testimonials on your website people tend to forget that and they don't put enough testimonials and also what people forget to do is they just put a testimonial and the name and they don't put a picture of the person a picture of the person next to the testimonial makes it way more credible So always put the picture next to the testimonial. These are some things that I can think of right now. 
So well, when writing your website. Yeah, absolutely. And then I kind of want to go back to LinkedIn. Social media, I just, I feel like it's such a highly traffic popular, like you're getting like bombarded left and right with ads or and, and things of that nature. But I wanted mm-hmm. to ask, what are your thoughts on LinkedIn ads itself? Do you practice them? Do you like them? Do you not like them? What are your thoughts on it? No, I use only organic content on LinkedIn. I'm not even a member of any pods or anything like that. So everything is 100% organic. Mm-hmm. Why LinkedIn is different, I believe, I strongly believe that LinkedIn ads don't work and they won't generate leads. You won't sell with LinkedIn ads. Why? Because LinkedIn is a platform that is ideal for high ticket offers. So it's not the same, for example, when you're selling shoes for $100 on Instagram and when you're selling a course that costs $5,000 on LinkedIn. So nobody buys a $5,000 course just by seeing the ad. There is no way. So you need to build a relationship with that prospect. They need to like, know, and trust you. And there is a lot of trust involved. It's a nurturing process. So there is no way you're going to sell with ads. You need to have organic content on LinkedIn. So that prospect will probably see your content a lot of times. You will already build some kind of a relationship. He or she will comment on your posts. You, You will comment on their posts. You will maybe even exchange a couple of messages. You will have a conversation. And then after that, you will jump on a call. So it's a longer nurturing process because it's a high ticket offer. People who generate leads on LinkedIn basically sell high ticket offers because LinkedIn is a very time consuming platform. So you'll never get an ROI if you're selling something that's that's low ticket. So if you're selling something that's that's high ticket, as I said, LinkedIn ads won't work well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You, it, it is a longer process with LinkedIn. Yeah. And I've, like I've worked with a sales navigator with the whole nurturing process. And absolutely, instead of just the Facebook ad, Instagram ad or anything like that, it, that conversion, it, it's such a higher price that it's definitely worth all the work prior mm-hmm. to. Yeah. But a lot of people sometimes I feel like also get impatient because they might be working on leads or, you know, they're trying to like convert those leads for one mm-hmm. or two months. And then sometimes they just go right quick to the ads or right quick to the the new normal marketing salesy strategies and then miss all that hard work that they've done prior to when they're right there for the conversion to happen yes yes i agree now i i want to also ask you this too because a lot of people are also scared sometimes on giving away a lot of free intellectual asset so sometimes they'll post like just one or two sentences just to kind of spark the interest a little bit but not necessarily inform the audience like you do that you put the presentations or you put, you know, a lot of content out there that somebody can definitely learn your field of expertise. They'll just drop some crumbles in there and hopefully wait for it to spark up. What is your advice to those individuals that are scared to give away a lot of free advice because they feel like they're giving all their intellectual asset away for free? Okay, so not giving your best advice is, in my opinion, the greatest mistake that you can do. Because you only prove your expertise with giving away your advice. Share your best tips. Don't be afraid to share your best tips because it will only prove your expertise. And the reason why that will convert is because people will see you as a trusted advisor. 
Let's take, for example, financial advisors. Mm -hmm. That's one good example. When it comes to finance, I'm an idiot. Okay. I'm a writer. When I see a number, I'm not feeling very well. So I don't like numbers, graphs, anything like that. I just like words. So when it comes to finance, I know nothing about it, right? It would take me probably 15 years, maybe even more, because I'm not a type of person for finance. Who knows how many years will take me to be on a level of a financial advisor who is an expert in that area, mm-hmm. while like, there is no way I could do, like, I could take so much of my time learning all of that. No way. I'll just like see posts of that financial advisor. I'll see that he or she knows what what they're talking about, right? And if I build a relationship with them, if I trust them, if I trust them with my finance, for example, I'll just gonna hire them. Like there is no way. How can I how can I work on my business, work for my clients and everything and learn everything about about finance to be able to do that for myself? I have zero time for that. That's just one example. There are like tons of examples like that. You can find, um, I don't know, I have a personal trainer, for example, my gym trainer, right? I can find, of course, all the exercises on the internet. I can find everything that I want. I can work out uh, by myself. But who has time for that? I don't have time for that. I just go to the gym. I have a coach that I trust. He will write a program for me that day. I have zero thoughts about that. I know that he's leading me, that he will give me, okay, now you're doing, I don't know, 10 push-ups. Now you're doing this and that. To Next time you will do more. And he will just think about the whole strategy and I see results on my body and that's great. I don't know how many time would I need to Google all of that. Then even if I educated myself good on that, then I would need time to like plan my each training, right? Plan everything. No way. No. Who has time for that? I'll just hire a personal trainer, right? So that's when it comes to every business. Let's say copywriting. I can teach you everything about copywriting, but you if you run if you run your business, if you're a CEO, there is no way you have enough time to write all the sales pages, all the websites, all the landing pages. There is no no way first of all that you have time for Mm-hmm. And there is no way on earth that you can do it as good as I do it. You will need, I don't know how many years, if you are talented, to learn what I know. So that's that's the reason why you really don't have to be afraid to share your best tips. Share your best tips, always. I love it because what you also highlighted is not only you're sharing the best tips of your industry, but there are so many other industries out there. So, so much higher audience that that's the one that you're going to attract because a lot of people like financial advisor, the first example that you said, they're going to feel like other financial advisors are going to steal their advice, but it's the originality of it. And also something else that I wanted to add as a content creator, as a marketing person, if you keep stealing ideas from other people, you will come a moment that you will, will run out of ideas. So by staying original and by staying true to yourself authenticity it's absolutely very important like we mentioned earlier too those ideas are going to spark in your brain whenever you're less expected to and if you try to steal from a b c d and then kind of merge and write a post if a b stops posting you have only d over here posting now you're just strictly copying it so yeah it's You know, like that's absolutely very important. And thank you for elaborating more on it because I'm also a big believer on sharing as much information as you can because it will hit your, you know, the right people 
Um, yes. you do, you're also, you got to think about target audience. Target audience is not somebody that is in your field, you guys, the, you know, yes. the listeners yes. out there, your target yes, audience, exactly. like my target audience is not other podcasters. My target yeah. audience is yeah. people, entrepreneurs or small business owners looking to excel their team and their, their personal life professionally and personally. So you yeah. also got to think about that as well. Yes, I agree. I'm loving this conversation. I feel like we can go on for <laughs> days because, because we, well, we haven't touched base on LinkedIn before and we haven't actually covered like the very fundamental and important things to cover on LinkedIn and copywriting. And I love how you mentioned to stay authentic and stay true to yourself, which is something that we mentioned at the very early of the, of the podcast episode. But I know your LinkedIn, I, it's like organic and is on steroids. You guys, you definitely should check out Dina's LinkedIn profile. It's, it's a lot of information in it. I feel like you should just content all that information and launch it onto a book or something but besides the linkedin uh, so linkedin you guys i'll also attach the information on the show notes for my lazy listeners it's only a tap away so you guys can definitely go there uh, besides linkedin where else uh, would you like the audience to connect you with here yes linkedin or email well linkedin is okay i basically live on linkedin so you can <laughs> you can always just shoot me a dm or you can use my email i also have uh, my email on my linkedin profile so it's either or Perfect. Awesome. Well, before we ask the very last question, which I, I know I'm biased every time, it is my favorite question to ask every single guest on the show. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave the audience with? Any last messages or anything that maybe a question I didn't ask you that you love to definitely highlight? I would just like to say that if you're active on social media, don't be afraid to show who you truly are. Don't be afraid to show your true self because you will only attract the right people into your life and you will be surrounded with magnificent projects. So don't be, don't be ever afraid to show who you truly are. Love it. And then <laughs> my very last question is what is your personal definition of success? My personal definition of success? Well, it's definitely being the best possible version of myself while feeling good and while helping as many people as I possibly can. Love it. Yeah. Thank you so much for being a part of Coffee with Romina podcast. Thank you for having me. You guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed the interview with Dina. Don't forget to connect with her. The links are on the show notes. So go ahead and connect with Dina on LinkedIn. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. So this way you do not miss next week's episode because we are going to talk about how to build credibility on social media and how to rebuild credibility when you have just ruined your application. I will talk to you guys again next week on the episode about credibility. This podcast is a 6-7 Radius production. To learn more about 6-7 Radius, our services, and how we can help you strategize your marketing and increase your sales, click the service tab on connectwithromina.com.